When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. This is Sonaldo from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. You're now listening to Burning Questions with my co-host, Pross and I. If you'd like to check us out live, we stream every Wednesday over on YouTube. Just search for Fantasy Football Scout. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Burning Question series by Fantasy Football Scout. In this series, Pross and I, Sonaldo, talk about the key hot topics for the week. Pross, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, yeah, I've had two bad weeks, but uh, we move. We're on. We're, that's why we're doing Thursday pods. I have l- nice time to recover, uh, <laughs> but only ways up. We're showing ranks today, are we? Yeah, yeah, first time we're showing ranks this season. Um, there we go. I have nothing to hide now. I'm having a terrible start. But uh, all I can say is uh, it's not going to change my decision making. It's not going to change my content. And I will be fine by the end of the season because there's a long way to go. So if there's anyone else in a similar position who've had not a great start or the wild card hasn't worked out, not to worry at all. Long way to go. Yeah, I mean, um, your rank is not reflective of your decision making um, skills and processing. So um, long ways to go. I agree. Um, we're going to keep it short today because we have um, a short turnaround. Um, for today's agenda, we're uh, having some macro strategy talk, um, fixture crunch, yellow cards, helicopter view. Um, you know, you guys know on burning questions, this is process bread and butter. So excited to hear um, and learn uh, about what you think uh, the next few weeks, how we should approach um, um, moving forward. And then we'll talk about defenders, what to do with Arsenal and City with um, their blank in 12, what to do with Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, obviously, Liverpool and Salah played really well yesterday, so very interesting. Um, you own both Trent and Salah, so I'm um, interested to see what you're thinking there. We all own Reese James, so um, some dilemmas there. And then we'll talk about a free hit team for game week 12, which should be reflective of sort of your decisions you make this week um and then maybe a short captaincy because i do have a different captain in mind this week which sounds crazy Ooh. but uh you're no you one know. can guess what it is <laughs> <laughs> um so that's the agenda today um first things first let's go to the fixture crunch uh provided by the great legomane um there is a great article on the members area do um check out the members area by neil on on the fixture crunch so um Pras, do you want to take it away? Yeah, so, okay, let's talk about 11 to 13. And so one thing we want to say is we're not going to be doing a video next week because there's midweek fixtures. So it this almost covers 11 to 13 as a package. And so, look, what's important in the in 11 to 13 is there's a midweek uh, game week. And always when there's a midweek game week, it's very different per team 
how they will handle it. Rotation is different and it sort of comes into how the fixtures pan out. So the first thing to think about is which are the teams that play Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. This is basically the worst outcome for the teams that happen to play in this period because you're essentially playing three games in seven days. Managers have said many times that they hate this uh, because there's no time to prep for to prep for any of the games. There's three teams who have this, which is Liverpool, Chelsea and Man United. And as Neil pointed out in his excellent article on Scout, where he was talking about rest times, when when you're talking about Liverpool, uh, when it rains, it pours, basically. Uh, you know, when it's not going that well in the Premier League, I know in Champions League they did well last night, but when it's not going well, it just becomes very difficult. So the scheduling is hard on Liverpool. Uh, they are the ones with the least or the smallest rest time between the games. They will only have 73 hours between game week 11 and 12 and only 63 hours between game week 12 and 13. So what that means is immediately we're going to do a section on Liverpool, um, Chelsea, City and Arsenal. But for for me, that means that rotation should come. Now, obviously, they've had injury issues and they don't have the luxury to rotate everybody. But essentially, if your player wasn't rested last night, uh, which as a Salah owner, I was happy to see he did, everyone is at risk, whether that's Firmino, whether that's uh, Nunes, whether that is Robertson. So we will talk about these assets in more detail, but that's something on Liverpool. Chelsea, again, only 76 hours between 11 and 12 because they play Sunday and then um, they play away to Villa and then they're away to Brentford. Now, Brentford isn't really an away game, but it's still a very short period between Villa and Brentford, only 76 hours and then 68 hours between the next game. The the thing with Chelsea is though they will have limited travel, as I said, apart from the Man United. At, well, Man United is at home and Brentford is pretty close. Aston Villa, Birmingham is pretty close. But you know Potter, right? I mean, you saw what he did in the Premier League last mm-hmm. game week. Seven changes. He will rotate anyway. Yeah. So for me, this puts a question mark on Chilwell, Aubameyang, Mount, Sterling. So, and James again, we'll talk about. So Chelsea, Liverpool, I think, uh, are teams where rotation will happen just because of the fixtures, just because of how they've landed. And the third team is Man United. I know that's not hot on people's agenda, but Man United also have a, well, they have a Thursday, which is tonight. Then they have a Sunday, then they have a Thursday, and then they have a, a Sunday. So very little rest period as well. No, sorry, I misread that. They have a Thursday, then they have a Sunday, then they have a Wednesday and have a Saturday. So mm-hmm. the same Sunday to Saturday period. So not ideal again for Man United. And, and two of those games are Newcastle's, well, Newcastle, Spurs and Chelsea, all difficult games. Now let's come to the good teams, mm-hmm. the teams that have a nice schedule, even though it's a midweek. So Bournemouth are number one. They have a nice rest because they will obviously play tomorrow. Um, and then, you know, they, they play midweek and then they play on the Sunday. So it's almost like they're playing Friday to Sunday and have a game in the middle. So not an issue at all. Not that they rotate anyway. Then you have Brentford, nice, easy rest. The ones that are relevant for us, or at least on high on our list, because Tony will play for Brentford anyway, is Spurs. Spurs have a very nice run. So people who are thinking about any semi-rotation assets, so I'm thinking of Sessignon, Perisic, they're not going to miss out because of a rest, essentially. They may miss out because of general rotation because Spurs play on a Saturday, then they play on a Wednesday, and then they play on a Sunday. So they have a full break, almost a nine-day period for the three games rather instead of the seven days. Uh, Leicester have a nice run. Uh, they obviously have uh, the game on... Uh, where is Leicester. Leicester play on Saturday, then they play Wednesday, and then they play on a Sunday. So I think good amount of rest, except between 12 and 13. And the best of them is Man City. Man City obviously have no game in game week 12. So yes, there is a blank, but what it means is you can 
you can wheel out ha- uh, Haaland, uh, KDB, Foden, Cancelo in game week 11, and you can be pretty sure that they'll start game week 13 as well. So mm. those are some thoughts on, on teams. Yep. Um, so I, I think uh, the point I want to make on this is that um, moving forward, Pros, I don't think it's just looking at 11 to 13 as well, because um, granted, certain teams are different because certain teams have pro- probably clinched their the top spot in the group for Champions League or, you know, second spot. But the navigating 14, 15 is also going to be quite difficult for some of the, the top teams. So basically, the point I want to make is that Maybe we're overthinking game week 12 as in trying to field and find um, you know players from the best teams that play because maybe this rotation is just going to happen inevitably and a lot of players that we already own um, are going to get rotated and you know this we're going to talk about Reese James but this brings me to a simple conclusion that Reese James is just not a viable option anymore for me um, because not only Chelsea you know continue to change um, through Potter. They're also going to have a rotation risk further down the line. And so um, I think it's about nailing the players and having 15 or 14 players that you know are going to assure to start from from even the smaller teams because the the break that the smaller teams have is is a huge advantage over, over the top teams who are, you know, really entering a fixture crunch period before the World Cup. Let's talk about... Uh, l- let me do a quick suspensions section as well. Uh, then let's come to Chelsea because I think we disagree on James and uh, this will really be team dependent on why some mm. may decide to keep James and some may decide to sell. Both are equally fine. But let us let me do this quick one on the next section because I want to just have all the macro points made before we get into the team discussion, right? So if you go to the suspension slide next, mm-hmm. I just wanted sort of people to be aware of as they're looking at assets or they're looking at a blank coming up that there's basically two key players or even some have Dalo. Jesus, Madison, and Dalo are on four yellow cards. So if they get a if if they get another, that's a suspension before the World Cup. So they will miss out one game. There's also a few very important players who are on two. So if you're thinking about getting one of those in and they get two yellow cards between now and game week 16, they will miss one game week as well. So that is Saliba, Tony. I'm only listing the, the main ones. James, uh, Havertz, not so popular. Mitrovic is on three. Uh, there is then uh, Neko Williams, I guess, less popular. Kane is on three as well. So all I wanted to do is just kind of highlight this to people that don't get sort of caught out. Madison is not guaranteed to play in game week 12. If he gets a yellow card uh, this game week, he's not going to play in game week 12. So just something to think about. Or if you're looking for a striker spot after game week 13, maybe, you know, Jesus is a little bit more risky and maybe Saka is the better option. So as you think about future options... This is something important to keep in mind. This is from the FF Scout website. So this is updated pretty much every game week. So have a look there for more details. So let's go to now our helicopter macro view. And let's talk about the four teams that everyone wants to sort of talk about. Or fifth, if you want to talk about Spurs as well. So we can take it one by one. You want to start with Chelsea then? You, you uh, have just, just, the just on the yellow cards, I know the the common phrase is, or the common thinking is of um, Diego Costa and how he... You know, had four yellow cards and and went forever. Um, do you even consider three yellow cards to be danger territory? Um, I, I guess Saliba defender, but I I think this this three yellow cards might be overthinking it. Even four doesn't worry me too much, honestly. Pros three shouldn't worry you. Three is just something to monitor, right? Okay. So no one's getting Saliba this game week, but if he gets another yellow card against Leeds this game week, then think about it. So yeah, four is 
Four is almost like, you know, you need to be on alert. Yeah. Three is just, you just need to remember at the back of your head. For example, Kane at three, irrelevant. I mean, he's, yeah. does, he's not a yellow card magnet, right? right? So yeah. it's not like he's going to get two more. And we're only talking six game weeks now. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's, you're right. It, it, doesn't, should, it shouldn't be top of your mind, but it should be in your mind. Okay, cool. Um, okay, we have the fixture crunch 11 through 16 here. Crystal Palace, West Ham, Arsenal at the top. Um, and then uh, this is skipping out game week 12. And then at the bottom, yeah. we've got Southampton, Brighton and Leeds. So um, interesting. Blank game week 12 obviously is a dent in our plans. Um, but let's talk about the, I guess, um, Liverpool and Chelsea. Well, and first, then, uh-huh. first, I wanted to say why I've removed game week 12. Okay. I've removed it because of the point you made where people are fixated too much on this blank. Mm-hmm. And with they're thinking, I need to put out 9, 10, 11 players in the blank. But then you need to think about the team that you will have coming out of the blank as well or what the team that you'll put out this yep. game week. And so what we've done here is you can do this on the Scout website. You can remove one game week. So this is 11, 13, 14, 15, 16. And you now have a clear view on which of the teams you want to target if game week 12 didn't exist so you don't have these man city or arsenal blinkers where you're selling your man city arsenal players just so that you can field the team in 12 so sorry yep, carry yep. on um no no fair so let's i don't know should we start with liverpool and, and chelsea and then get to city and arsenal okay so ch- let's continue chelsea so you you think i agree with you that because of the rotation yeah. Because of the Sunday uh, midweek Saturday fixture, I think Chilwell is a little bit of a no go. Yeah. Simply because he will pl- probably play two, uh, miss out one. Cucurella similar. Only two players so far have played every game under or started every game under mm-hmm. Potter. That's Mount and Kepa. Mm-hmm. And even Mount, you can sort of see he was taken off at halftime, I think. So he could play, but you you don't sort of expect anyone to play all three now. The fixtures after for Chelsea. Basically, after coming out of the blank, are Man United at home, Brighton away, Arsenal at home, Newcastle away. None of them are amazing. Mixed bag, yeah. But mm-hmm. but you can expect them to keep a couple of clean sheets, maybe. Maybe the Man United, Brighton, Newcastle, actually maybe one. So people who are looking at a James out, this is a case where you can say, look, if James is going to miss Brentford in game week 12, maybe he, he needs to go out. On the other hand, if he plays the game week 12 fixture, which is the money fixture, uh, then you can probably hope to keep him. It really depends on how your setup looks in game week 12. Yeah, I mean, first of all, um, still news dependent, right? We might get some uh, better updates. Um, there, there's a couple thinkings here. The First of all, the, the time period between 11 to 12 for Chelsea is one of the, uh, as we mentioned earlier, one of the worst, right? I think they're second, second worst after Liverpool. Um, so if he misses 11, there's a high chance he misses 12. Um, just from a gut feel, unless, you know, uh, maybe that essential one game miss is enough time for him to return in game week 12. And then, as you said, if you, you come to game week 13, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a, a mixed bag of fixtures on top of that. I'm I'm also even worried about Reese James, maybe rotation within Pot, Potter's system uh, as well. Um, he is probably their, you know, one of, if not their best player or most essential player. I get that, but... Um, when Potter has a chance to rest one of his best players, he might he might end up doing that. So it depends on Champions League state, depends on a couple things. But 
The biggest thing is I think he'll miss 11 and 12, which is why I'm hesitant to keep him. Plus team dependent, as you said, because I have Zuma to cover. Um, so he's not like the most urgent transfer, but I don't want 6 million sitting on the bench when I already have three decent defenders to uh, navigate the next couple weeks for me. Fair enough, fair enough. So I think I think that's that's okay on on Chelsea. Just for people who haven't sort of kept track, uh, the latest we're hearing is that he's definitely out of Villa, but he may have a chance for 12. But as you say, Andy, you never know. And you yeah. don't want to be in a situation where leading into 12, he's out, and then you're sort of making panic transfers because that's one more problem you deal with. Yeah. A lot of people may just say, okay, I'm going to play Andreas Pereira this week and just see how the James injury, injury looks like. Because if he's playing Brentford, I think he's a definite hold. There's no reason mm. to drop him. I don't think he's as much of a rotation risk. Potter can do what you know that what he's done at Brighton in the past. He's always been known to rotate, but I don't think James is one of the guys who will be there. But after injury, who knows? Maybe he's being managed or something like that. So Let, let's say I'm with you. Let's say he. Let's say we get definitive news that he misses this week. But like you know, in the press conference or something, there's an iffiness about him possibly coming back for that Brentford fixture. You would still hold. Um, with with if the you chance, can put out a good team, mm-hmm. if you can put out a, a decent team this week, um, uh, or you know you can roll maybe just having Andreas Pereira starting and Mitrovic injury also will be important here. If Mitrovic yeah, is important. fit, a lot of people have Mitrovic, mm-hmm. then you can hold him. Basically, yeah. that's my thinking. And then you just evaluate what you want to do with his, because it's not just selling James. It's what do you do with his money? Yeah, yeah. Because always we talk about have a wildcard team in mind for game week 13. When you come out of the blank, what is the team that you want to have? In my mind, that team includes Haaland, uh, Foden, mm. uh, well, could be Jesus, could be Saka, mm-hmm. uh, Martinelli. Uh, it could, you know, it has, um, I guess another 8 million mid, like a Bowen. So, it could have a Salah, maybe, if that's something that you wanted to do. So you have to sort of keep in mind, where are you going with this? Where are you going with the James money? If you really need the James money this week to do something, I don't know what that is. Maybe you want to get to Kane or to Sun or to Salah. Salah can wait next week anyway. So think about what you want to do, and that's what should sort of determine. I We will not get any update in the press conference. Yeah. Potter is going to say he's out of Villa. We will assess him. He's looking much better. And you know when the news says that the the injury doesn't look as bad, they're talking from the reference point of the reader who's thinking about the World Cup. Not everybody is an FPL geek like us who's thinking about the midweek. <laughs> People are thinking about the World Cup, that you know James should be okay for the World Cup. And that's the issue, that you'll get injury news that, oh, it's minor, it's nothing. But yeah. yes, you're right, he could miss 11, 12 and 13. Mm. So I think that's that on Chelsea. Let's Let's move to, well, the other problematic team, which is Liverpool. There's a couple, couple questions on Kepa. If you have the luxury to even think about Kepa in your team, I mean, you, you must be extremely well-planned or well, very lucky because all of us have at least, what, two injuries plus? Um, and even two is pretty decent at, at this point in time, uh, including the, the yellow cards and who knows, rotation. So um, Kepa, you just, I, I still don't feel confident bringing him in if you're considering him um, personally. I think I think if you're like on a wild card, for example, some people mm-hmm. are thinking about a game week 13 wild card, True. but have so many issues right now are on wild card or maybe they don't have any problems. So I think the issue with game week nine wild card or game week eight wild card is we had no idea who the nailed keeper is, both at Chelsea and at Le- and at Leicester. Yeah. Now you know that Ward's keeping his place. So if the Kepa experiment fails, then you get to Ward. So I think Kepa and Ward is a good shout if you wanted to go there uh, on a wild card, for example. Or if you have a deputy, 
because he could lose his place. Kepa could lose his place any game week. He's one mistake away from losing his place. Yeah. So it's a risk, but maybe it's it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Arsenal, as you, you said? Uh, no, let's go to the bad team. So yeah. first bad team is Chelsea with the bad fixture. The next one is Liverpool. Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Again, because of the fixture crunch... Um, I just feel that there's a lot of love for Darwin and he is basically hogging up a lot of the big chances. So he is getting that. I'm not denying it. But my issue is he played last night. He's, you know, he's going to play the City game, I would think. So if he plays the City game, which one is he missing? He could miss West Ham or miss Forest. And you having a... If he misses West Ham, then you have a problem because you have a, a cameo in the one week where you actually needed him to start. Or if he misses Forrest, then you miss the striker playing against the worst team in the league. That was my issue with Darwin. Jota missed out yesterday, but and Jota is going to be nailed. I, I expect him to play all three. Mm-hmm. Because of the Diaz injury, he's going to play on the left. Now, the problem with Jota is there's two problems. Number one, he apparently was about to start last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night and he the doctors said that you know maybe you should rest him you never you don't know what that issue was and you don't know if that was fatigue or anything yeah. else and if that crops up again in the next three so for me that also sort of makes Jota a little bit risky mm. and uh, and then you have then you have Salah so mm. I mean what do you think about Salah I think he's I, I think he's definitely a hold um you know you, as you mentioned High rotation risk for Liverpool, but he got the the benching that he needed. He came off, scored hat trick in within what ten minutes, and and you know lovely, lovely strikes, right? Like really, you know Salah like finishing. You know probably confidence is boosted a bit. Granted, it was uh, you know relatively weaker team, but um, I think I think you've made your bed with Salah in in game week what nine wild card. This is the advantage you have, and you just have to sort of, um, you know, hold hold through it, see how it happens in eleven and twelve. So, um, I think it's a keep for you. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing, Pros. Yeah, look, last game week I had uh, I had mentioned I was thinking about Salah to Foden um, and Greenwood to Aubameyang, and uh, basically the last evening before the deadline I was priced out, so I didn't do it. Mm. So. I'm not going to tell everyone that you know get Salah or he's he's de- he's a definite buy because look the problem is that he could again yeah, last night the hat trick came and he moved to the to the center so they they persisted with the four four two but in this case Elliot played on the right side where Salah played and and Salah came on instead of Nunes Firmino and he played up top he looked great he's a great finisher but the problem remains that against Man City they definitely go back going back to four four two and. Or even if they do 4-3-3, Salah is going to be playing out wide. Um, Now, he does interplay with Nunes and they do swap positions. But look, it's going to be the same Arsenal situation where it could be very well be that he gets one penalty area touch in the game. Yes, in in the Arsenal game, he got one penalty area touch. Mm. So that's the problem that in some games for a 13 million asset, you may not get what you want. So if you have him, I think you definitely keep him given that there could be a spark. There's a small chance that he gets another run out in the center. You know, I mentioned the fixture crunch. Maybe in one of the games when Darwin misses out, Elliot plays on the right and Salah plays in the middle. It's a possibility. So, And if that happens to be in the game week that you, that you captain him, like game week 12 against uh, West Ham, then wow. I mean, that's what you want. So I think if you have him, definitely keep him. You, you wanted him for the period, which is 11 and 13. So to take him out before Man City... I, I would think it would be a little bit knee-jerky. So I definitely intend to keep him. For what people you, what, who don't uh-huh. have him... Go ahead. 
for people who don't have him, mm. I think that's also a little bit of an interesting topic because let's say somebody is on De Bruyne. If you're on De Bruyne and you think that from game week 13, my ideal three city is Haaland, Foden and Cancelo, then you could look to basically go KDB to Salah or Sun if you don't like Salah. I mean, this is no Salah propaganda. Um, and then you transition somebody else like a Madison back to Foden. So mm. then you end up with your ideal three city, but you did it via the route of a Salah captain in game week 12 if you wanted to or a Sun. So I think that's an interesting play if somebody wanted to go there. If you're happy with your premium, if you're on a Kane and you're happy with him, if you're on a Sun and you're happy with him, then you don't have to do it. That's basically where I'm at. Yeah, it's just very interesting how things shift really quickly because when I brought Sun in um, game week eight, which was a wild thing to do, I um, I, I give you that um, because KDB was the right answer. Regardless of whether I brought KDB or Sun um, game week eight or nine, it was always to move to Salah in game week 12, uh, at least early initial planning uh, because, you know, you just think of him as the ultimate captaincy option based on, you know, previous bias and previous history. And uh, the fact that he scored a hat-trick yesterday should be a boost of confidence. Um, you know, there's so much hate on him uh, as an FPL option right now. But, you know, Man City was always going to be a difficult fixture, but it's game week 12 where you really want him. I, I also don't understand why people are reading so much into the, the formation change. I mean, I think it was just a... Uh, one of those games where um, it was just a weaker opponent and Salah just did really well. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into it, uh, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it, the Man City fixture is definitely not going to be easy for, for Salah. So I don't think he's a buy right now, but he's a hold for sure for me if you if you do own him. Yep, yep, I think that's fair. And then I mentioned Robertson as well. I think Robertson is coming back. He played a few minutes, but I would expect him to start City maybe West Ham and Miss Forest, or he's not going to play the next three. Yeah, That's time. the issue. Otherwise, you know, in the formation that Liverpool are playing, the 4-4-2, the left-sided, so Simikas has been bombing forward like, you know, he was as far advanced as Salah, if that means anything, uh, against Arsenal and against uh, the previous game, I think it was Ajax. So, it's a, it's a good spot. Mm. And you'll see in our free hit draft that if you were to free hit and you knew that Chilwell and Robertson are starting, great. So... But that's it, right? Nothing yep. else. I mean, people are looking at Gomez as a 4.5. I wouldn't do that because that's basically you're going to have a dead spot after yep. three game weeks. Um, I know we're coming to the World Cup and if you really, really don't need that spot going forward and you're confident in that, then fair enough. You could go for a Gomez. But Also, um, it, Matip is injured, right? Kirk, yeah, but Kirk... Konate is, 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 is there. So he was, so, yeah, he, was he could solid. be an option. Yeah, 4.5, 4.6, something like that. Uh, probably more. more. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe like does anybody know maybe four four nine or something. But yeah, maybe if you wait you could um hop on a defensive option there as well with the fixtures coming up. Granted they're not they haven't been great defensively. Yep, Konate's four point eight. That's a better shout actually. That's a better mm. shout. Okay. Um next two teams who are blanking in game week twelve. Should we go there? Yeah, let's do that. So Arsenal, man, mm. look. Um they are, I mean, they they, so they gave they, they 3xG against Liverpool. So I mean, good. that's saying something. Yeah. So the whole narrative that they had easy fixtures and they did well due to the easy fixtures, I mean, they're the second best right, team right now in the league. Yeah, so, for sure. Mm. Uh, they have, after the blank, they have uh, Southampton away, Forest at home, which is the money fixture, Chelsea away, the tougher fixture, and then Liverpool away, the, uh, uh, sorry, Wolves away, the easy fixture. You have to have two attackers. Uh, what, what, and everyone what? has... 
just a football question. What what happened this year? Why is it is it just simply that Jesus um like transfer that changed everything? Like what's going on? People it, know their roles. Uh-huh. People know their roles mm. and uh, they've recruited, they filled in the blanks well. Uh, they needed I mean Martinelli has come a year a year longer. I mean yeah. he's been great throughout, but you know, he's grown up uh, Jesus has fit in perfectly. Arteta knows what he's doing. He's basically got the right pegs. Uh, yeah, doing all doing young too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Saliba has been a great refreshing change. I mean, you know, he was loaned out last year. Mm. Nobody thought he would be this good. Mm. I mean, he's looking like a One prime Van Dyke yeah. right now. Yeah. So um, I mean, Arsenal fans will love this chat. But uh, <laughs> look, the thing is, uh, what we need to take out from an FPL point of view is you need to have two Arsenal attackers coming out of the mm. the blank. So whether that means that you have um, a Martinelli and a Saka or a Jesus and you just bench. So I saw in the chat there was a question that somebody had sent that they said, look, uh, is it valid to put out 10 players because I've got KDB, Haaland, Cancelo, Martinelli, Jesus? Um, That's actually, you'd put out nine. But still, look, I would say if you're happy with those five. So I mentioned the City point that if you're not happy with KDB, and I think that's a harsh thing to say. It's not about being not happy with KDB. He's doing fine. But if you if you want the funds elsewhere and you think Foden is going to do equally well as KDB, then why are you spending exactly. 12 million on KDB? Then that's the way you can get out of it. But if you're happy with Martinelli, if you're happy with, um, you know, obviously you're happy with Haaland and Cancelo, just bench them. I don't think there's a need. I think the average players people will put out is about 10 or maybe 9 um, in, in this game week. So, so so before you go further, the the premise for me on what to do with Arsenal and City is I, I guess the first question is without hits, what's what's the average of engaged managers or managers we're competing against in game week twelve? How many are they going to field field without hits? I think ten. Ten. Mm. Ten should be there. Yeah. Because people who have KDB, I think, will move. Yeah. Um, People who have Jesus could possibly move because he's on four yellows, or they could just think that now I know that Saka's on pens, and it, or Jesus wasn't even in the conversation when they got the penalty. It was between Martinelli and Saka who were debating who should take the pen. So, so you, mm-hmm. yeah. So why I asked that process? Let's say you can get to ten and twelve with four City and Arsenal combined, and then Arsenal have Southampton in game week twelve thirteen. You're one up ahead in the next game week, and because you're, I, I guarantee you they'll do well against Southampton at this point in time, yeah. right? So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe at ten, if you can get there without any hits, and you have four City Arsenal, maybe that that could be a good threshold or or a good standard for, um, for you to think about. You see, earlier people were thinking about maybe I can uh, get rid of Haaland for Kane. Uh, and then get him back so that you get one additional player. You're not benching 12 million. Uh, but people are captaining Haaland this week. I mean, unless you really, really feel it, uh, like, you know, Andy here himself, uh, who feels a Spurs captaincy this week, Haaland's going to be 180% as well uh, against oh, Liverpool. Shit. So, And it's not about EO. It's not about EO. I mean, it's about going against somebody who's playing a weak well. defense. Yep. I mean, yep. Liverpool is a weak defense. Rangers... Cut them open in the first 10 minutes when they scored, uh, whatever, when they scored. So, Man City will score two, three goals minimum. Yeah. Well, Kane could also score a hat-trick. So, it's the same logic. I mean, people backed against Haaland in game week eight. Captain Kane made about three, four points or slightly more. People backed against Haaland in game week nine and they lost about 18 points. So, it really depends. If you want to go there, you could. 
but i i would personally think most people will bench martinelli most people will bench haland uh, and most will bench cancelo so that's already mm-hmm. only an 11 that's left out of that and then you have to account for the fact that people will put out a team with neko williams uh, yeah. with andreas pereira sufal yeah. who will probably get one pointers and if they start then two pointers so it's not going to be great yeah. but what you don't want to do is you want to take these guys out waste transfers for players who will get two pointers and then have to buy them again that's what yeah. you want to avoid yeah i mean uh, you're right even i probably have to start neko in 12 um and and the reason is because of the injury crisis right now so um yeah maybe even 10 is tough to get to for a lot of managers without hit so we'll see we'll see how that plays out all right so i think we covered city as well let's go to defenders okay um one second Okay, we're at, we're at 30 minutes pros by the way. Yep. I think we're good. Okay. We're trying to keep this under an hour because of the short short time for people to process this. Um Castagna has a um I think eye injury um from what I heard. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about these are defenders sorted uh for everything under 5 million. And we have sort of shown here their minutes per xgi um and we have that's what it's sorted by so who is more attacking what about the team xg conceded so minutes per xg conceded in the middle column then you have their baseline bps and then you have your game week 12 opponent because let's be clear we're buying these cheapo defenders so that they can actually play and play for us in game week 12 some of them could also basically put out a performance in game week 11 because you could have a james replacement so let's talk about it i mean i think I think Leicester you know what you get if you were thinking about a Leicester defender and you don't if you're not sick of Ward already I think they're okay but I think they'll concede in this game week and in the next game week because they're playing Palace and Leeds both are attacking teams but Castagna himself is in this list the most attacking of all defenders so if you think they're good for a goal and I think at home both the games are at home for uh, for uh, Leicester they're they're a good team at mm. home so Castagna is an option if you wanted to go there if he's if he's fit or Justin. Then you have Sessegnon. So tell me about Spurs. There's a whole situation where last night Sessegnon played again, second game uh, in a row. Perisic was on the bench again. Obviously that's good for Son, but that's not great for either Sessegnon or Perisic, whichever way you want to look at it. And then you have on the right side you have Doherty who's who played over the weekend who missed out last yeah, night because Yeah, Spurs about that, yeah. Well, Emerson there is their number one and he's yeah. suspended in the league so um he came back. Yeah. So I don't know what the situation is there. I I think uh I think the way this is going is Sessegnon and Perisic are very dangerous to as FPL options now because I think they'll play depending on the opponent is is the the way I feel about this. Uh for example this Frankfurt game um one of the reasons Son did so well is they played a 3-4-3 unlike the you know 3-5-2 over the weekend and Frankfurt plays a 3-4-3. So that means that all three attackers are one-on-one situations against the defenders hence you know Son had all that space and time in the world and when you're playing a 3-4-3 team that means you need a someone who can up, run up really fast but also run back really fast and Sessegnon is the perfect role for that and their their attributes are different right Perisic is much more of a you know sort of one-on-one dribbler and then much much better crosser than probably anyone on the team uh, except Son and then Sesenyon is Sesenyon is um you know just different type of a uh, skill set you know um it, the it, 
traditional sort of speedy wing back that that you can think of. So you just can't go to either one of them. It's just too dangerous. I mean, they're going to get rotated for sure. Um, I, I do understand that they have a good fixture turnaround from 11, 12, 13, but, but still who knows who starts. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a shot in the dark. Same thing with right side. I, I mean, we want to get to Doherty, um, Doherty because of his price point and no, what, Doherty he, Doherty, what he can potentially offer last season. Uh, but we we haven't even seen that level yet. He had an okay game over the weekend, and then he gets rotated for Royale. One of the reasons why Royale starts so much for Conte is because of his speed. And um, Conte is all about speedy wingbacks, and Doherty doesn't have that, um, which is very surprising why Spence doesn't get the chance. But all wingbacks are off table for me uh, in terms of Spurs. Yep. All right. I, I think I think Spurs in general are keep. Don't sell, but don't buy, right? I mean, yeah. if you have a Sessignon or a Perisic, I think you might as well keep them. They will play two of the three game weeks. Um, I mean, per, you could get one if you're unlucky, but uh, they could equally play both two because one could be where Perisic starts on the right. So, mm-hmm. one thing. So Pras- I think. I think. Go ahead. Yeah, go, go on. Ahead. One thing I just want to say is Mikel makes a good point that if you want to take a punt because of his price point, I I, I think that's okay because. Um, you could take a punt on him because, what, 4.5 essentially, 4.6. Um, and then he could become your fourth or fifth sort of defender. But as we mentioned earlier, or as I mentioned earlier in the pod, I just think that you need 15 guys who are reliable starters because of you, who knows what's going to happen over the next six game weeks. Yep, yep. Um, fair enough. I think, look, he will start against Everton. So yeah, you may make your points in just that game. So, um, I don't hate it, but personally, I, I would want somebody who also is guaranteed to start in game week 12. Now I know Emerson is still suspended for that game week, but is Doherty ready to play, uh, games, uh, two, you know, in, in five days? I don't know. I don't know. You could get lucky, but, uh, it's, it's a fair punt. I think of all of them, he would be the fairest punt. Then let's go down. So mm-hmm. this is actually under 5.5 million defenders. So now you see Gabriel as the number three uh, most attacking defender. I think Arsenal is a discussion to be had. I know nobody's looking at Arsenal defenders now because of the blank. But everybody seems to think that Saliba is the best defender that they have. Yes, in real football, he's the best <laughs> defender that they have. But in FPL, just because he's had two headers does not make him the most attacking. In fact, he's far from it. Uh, in fact, White is way more attacking. You see Ben White here on the list. He's yeah. number seven. He's way more attacking. He's overlapping against Liverpool. You remember, he put in a few crosses. He's way more attacking than Saliba. He's 0.6 cheaper than Saliba. And he's almost as attacking as Gabriel. And and Arsenal fans are telling me that if if there's one player who will lose his spot, let's say if Tomiasso moves to the right, then White will play centre-back with Saliba, not Gabriel. Because Gabriel has looked a little bit more shaky. Yeah. So I'm not saying Gabriel is a minutes risk at all. I think but White, Saliba and Gabriel are all pretty nailed. But I would really think about Ben White if you don't have an issue in game week 12. And I know few people have tweeted, but this is data right in front of you. He is an attacking defender from the second best defense in the league so far. So that's something I wanted to say on Arsenal defenders. Of course, if money is no problem and you think Gabriel is fine, which I think he is, then he is a solid option at 5 million. Agree. 100% agree. Mm. Let's talk about West Ham. So West Ham, I think they're a top five defense this year based on how Moyes has set, has set them up, both from an underlying perspective as well as on the eye. Um, you've got Zuma, you've got Cresswell, people went for Sufal, people have Emerson. So I think Emerson and Sufal are out just because of minutes risk, right? Yep. yep. Cresswell is way more attacking 
but he could also miss a game for Emerson. I don't know. I mean, that's what I, why, why do you say he's way more attacking? Um, because uh, be- minutes for XGI. Right, but he he hasn't looked like the the Cresswell um, uh, recently. I feel like he's not crossing as much. Um, I don't know where his XGI is generated from. Um, hard to he argue against it. He has had set pieces uh-huh. in the past, but I know that Bowen has taken them over. So right. maybe you're right. Maybe Zuma is the better option. He's also cheaper. Point point three makes a difference. So between them, I think it's between Zuma and Cresswell. If you wanted to go for a West Ham defender, issue with West Ham is they have the Liverpool fixture in game week twelve, which again you may argue is easy, but I think Liverpool are still a very good attacking team. They yeah. may be che- uh, bad defensively, but they will score goals. So it's unlikely they keep a clean sheet in game week twelve. But around twelve. West Ham have one of the best fixtures around. So and the reason I went for Zuma in the wild card is because they he, he rotates well with um, Trippier um, because Newcastle have tough fixture in twelve. They have uh, I think they have Everton in twelve. Um, West Ham, so it rotates really well. But now that that doesn't even matter. Um, West Ham have who Trippier in has a good fixture in thirteen. Okay. Um, Anyway, Trippier has a good fixture uh-huh. in 12. 11 mm-hmm. and 13 are harder. But you're not going to bench Trippier, are you? No, no, no. I, I would never bench him. But he wasn't... Because Trippier didn't show up to... I didn't think he would be this good from the wild card. I was considering benching him for, for Zuma when he had a tricky fixtures. Because West Ham have good fixtures when they have um, tough fixtures. Which All is, right. I think, 11-13. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, people with Pope and Trippier or whatever, you just play them, man. Uh, yeah, 11, I mean, 13. Yeah. Both are good for tougher fixtures. As we saw in game week three and game week five when they played City and Liverpool, Trippier, I think, scored in one of them, assisted in the other. So you just keep the guy, man. I mean, of all the problems, Trippier isn't the problem. No, 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 he's not a problem at all. I'm very happy to have him, yeah. Um, Then you have a, a rogue Southampton player appear, which is Walker Peters, attacking 4.5, away to Bournemouth in game week 12. Uh, but the problem is his fixture this week isn't ideal. So it isn't ideal, right? Who does he play this week? West Ham. He plays West Ham. It's okay. It's okay. Mm. So maybe Walker Peters is somebody somebody can think about. I know Southampton has been out of the discussion from an FPL point of view throughout. But he's an option. But I will now come to the, the main one, which is basically Brighton. <laughs> so a lot of people are looking at Brighton defenders between Dunk and Webster. And there's a reason for it. I mean, they've been a good defense. Now, obviously, their underlying data includes the Potter era and the very good fixtures that they had at the beginning of the season. But the main reason why Brighton defenders appeal is basically that they have two good fixtures now, which is which is Brentford away and Nottingham, uh, and Nottingham Forest. Forest at home. I don't expect them to keep a clean sheet in either of them, but they're the best one out there. Mm. And this is why I hesitate when people are thinking about options for their defenders that don't just sort of make... So, like, I have James and Trent as problems. I don't want both of them to go to cheap or two defenders because I don't like two defenders of this list. Yeah. I barely like one. Yeah. yeah. So, that's the issue. Yeah, there, there's very limited um, available cheap defenders from 11 to 13. I do agree with you. Um, and the fact that you just said Brighton, you don't see them keep a clean sheet in 11 and 12, what is the point of going to dunk then? Um, because you know, thirteen follows up with a terrible fixture, um, and the bullet header dunk stuff is not happening this season. So, mm. I mean, between them, 
you can see here uh, in terms of the underlying data that Webster is way more attacking than Dunk. Now, usually with centre-backs, you tend to look at longer-term data because centre-backs aren't as attacking. So you should look at seasons and seasons of data and, and seasons of seasons of data tell us that Dunk is more attacking than, than Webster. So you can see some purists going for Dunk. But I think if you want to go by what you're seeing right now, I think Webster gets more forward, uh, even in open play. And, uh, you know, he's he's the tall guy at being um, being targeted on corners. I think we did a section on defenders earlier. So it would, it, you know, I think there's there's not much in it. But I, I like Webster for that reason. Liskip is talking about Botman. Um, I don't think he's an option for many people because we're so doubled up on, on Newcastle. Um, and even if you're not, then you're going to be doubled up on Newcastle, and I'm not, I'm just not sure I want to be doubling up on um, a Newcastle defense right now, even though they've they've been playing well. I think the appeal with Botman is the game week uh, twelve fixture, Everton at home, and that's the reason why people got him in even game week eight wild cards. You had Botman appear there only so that he can he can play for you in game week twelve. Now the fixtures around that aren't great, so you will never play him. But if you if you really desperately only need a defender. A Newcastle defense is a free hit defense. I mean, you would have double Newcastle defense if you were playing a free hit on in game week twelve. So that's that. I mean, let's let's go a little quicker. We have like fifteen minutes left, so yeah. um, I will then talk about some other standout options. This the best Newcastle defender you can go for if you had money would be Target. If you wanted to go for another Newcastle defender, Brentford have a tough game against Chelsea in game week twelve, so I wouldn't go for me. I think the other option that people are looking at is Crystal Palace. So Crystal Palace, we've talked about the Zaha thing, that they have amazing fixtures throughout. Mm -hmm. Their defense isn't looking great. But again, if you look at long-term data for their defense, it tells us that Crystal Palace is a decent defense to back, Mm -hmm. especially for a 4.3 million or a 4.5 million for an Anderson. So Guehi and Anderson are perfectly fine picks because they have good fixtures. They have Wolves at home, which is as good as it gets in terms of attacking uh, output. I mean, Neto is now injured as well. Uh, Wolves don't look great. I mean, even though they have Diego Costa, it it looks like a clean sheet could come in game week twelve. So if you wanted to go for Guehi or Anderson, yeah. and that's that's really it. I'm Wolves defender Kilman maybe. I mean, um, you know, eleven through uh. sixteen, they have some of the best fixtures. But it, it, the, if you look at the fixture ticker, it's not that great, right? Crystal Palace in twelve, Leicester in thirteen, Leicester still attacking, Brentford in fourteen. Brighton in 15, Arsenal in 16. So I, I don't think it's the best, but the fixture ticker says, um, um, you know, as a long-term six-game week pick, he's, um, Wolves are not too bad. But yeah, they've they've been terrible this year, to be honest. So 77 minutes per XG conceded is not bad. Mm. I mean, it's okay. It's not bad. Um, I mean, it's better than Man United. It's better than the Crystal Palace. So you could you could look at it, but I don't I don't get inspired looking at uh, yeah. Wolves' okay. defense, to be honest. So before we go, um, let me put you on the spot as you do always. Your top three, James, or I guess Trent replacements in the sub five million category. So Ben White, if you can, if you can afford another Arsenal player or a blanker, um, Webster, Guehi. Ben White, but you have to think about how many you'll have in twelve. No, that's what I said. So if you can, if okay, you can afford can. to have him in twelve. Um, otherwise, Webster and then Guehi. So Ben White, if you can get to ten players in twelve without a hit, would you would do it? Well, I can, for example. Obviously, I was smart enough not to have Martinelli, um, <laughs> so I can get to Ben White because I can then still just bench three, which would be White, um, Harland, and uh, Cancelo. 
So that's why I'm looking at white. But given given other injuries, I may not go there. Um, But I think white is easily the best option because you want that Arsenal player going forward as well. Next, makes sense. Makes sense. You do, you only have two, which is great. Um, good for you. Sorry, guys. Uh, I think I had some internet connection issues. I'm not really sure what happened, but okay, let's carry on then. Um, okay. I if... think in defenders. So my my ranking was was, was Ben White. Um, if you can afford to bench another Arsenal player, uh, otherwise Webster or Dunk, on and then third a Crystal Palace defender like Guehi or Anderson. Do you do you have any other options? What are you looking for for your James replacement if you're looking to go off James? Oh, I, I'm probably gonna roll. I have to take care of the uh, the Mitrovic issue. If not, I'm just gonna the roll and uh, hopefully Mitrovic plays. Um, if he doesn't, I have to take care of him, and then I can have Zuma come in uh, instead of James. So another. More more time for me to process information, and, and hopefully I can carry on to twelve with two two transfers. Nice, and I'm hearing that I've got a six hundred k rank jump because our cameras are switched, but that's fine. <laughs> um, there we go. Yeah. All right, so let's 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 uh, let's do this section as a fresh one, um, so that people can see uh, this video independently if they yeah. want to. So. What we've done in the next one is we've we've built a free hit team. And so I wanted to talk about there's people who have six Man City Arsenal, who've got Neko Williams, who've got James, and they're basically thinking that there's no way even with hits I can put out six players. So then you've basically got five players less than the average. What should they do? Should they free hit or not? So the point firstly is try to make a free hit draft. And what I've done here is basically done a very simple... Uh, a five-minute exercise that we do at Burning Question. This is no rocket science. I've not given it more thought. But I thought that you could have a Pope in goal um, simply because they've got a great fixture in 12 and then Trippier, so double up. Mm-hmm. Then um, I've got, in defense, I've got Chilwell, Robertson, and James. Now, obviously, we don't know if any one of them will play, but these are basically the most high upside defenders for Game Week 12 that I could think of. You could also add Perisic. You could also add Sessegnon. Game week 12 free hit will depend on the lineups for game week 11. So it's very hard to sort of predict you will have X player, but I'm trying to sort of just make a case for you will have a couple of big uh, big at the back defenders as well as maybe a Trippier as well as a Guehi, and you'll only maybe start three of them. Midfield is the interesting one where you'll have Trossard, Madison, Zaha, maybe a Salah uh, and an Eze. And then in attack, you can have a Mitrovic, Aubameyang, Wilson. There are many other options. You can go for Darwin Nunes. You can go for a Sterling. You can look at uh, Firmino. So point here is that this would be a sort of team which le- lets you sort of boomerang out of your Arsenal City assets, put more money into your game week uh, 12 free hit. And as people are thinking about whether they should do it or not, they should essentially think about, am I going to make 20, 25 points more than what I would make if I just put out seven, eight plus. And mm. that's basically the math that they need to do. And then in addition to that, they need to also account for if they were able to put eight players, if that means that they have to spend double transfers or hits to take out a De Bruyne or a, or a Cancelo or a Martinelli and then have to get them back, then you're also spending those four transfers that you could have spent elsewhere instead of a free hit. So that's basically all that I wanted to make a case for. It's really team dependent. So we don't want to sort of give blanket advice that definitely don't free hit. But at the same time, I would caution you that a free hit later down the line in double game week will be worth 25, 30 points. So you have to do the math for your own team to see what can I really gain and look at expected points data from FF Scout. You can look at it from FPL Review and you can basically just do the math yourself and then see if you do, if a free hit is worth it. 
Yeah, agree. And another variable on top of this is the fact that, as you mentioned, there's only two blanking teams, and then a much more options to pr- pick from from um, than just what you have laid out here. So it's really difficult to really nail down those best free hit team players, anyway. So um, yeah. team dependent is is a common word, but it is very team dependent, um, depending on the the total number of players you might have um, game week twelve. And the quality of the players. And the quality, So somebody yep. could have 11 players, but be paying Andreas, Neko Williams, Emerson, and, uh, you know, Sufal. That's basically seven. Mm. So, yeah, think about the high, the big hitters who in 12 you want to capture. Most people have Madison, Zaha. I think Mitrovic, I'm reading in the chat, is back in training. That's what's, no, no, Sahil is asking the question, not telling us. So if he is fit, then Mitrovic at home to Bournemouth will definitely be somebody who people will play. So... Yeah, think about the big hitters. Who are the players that you want to cover for the big points? Don't worry about if you don't have a Trossard or if you don't have a Robertson or a Chilwell. These are not players who you will want to have anyway and who may not even get you as many points in that one single game week. Yeah. Okay, Um, should we go past teams? Let's do it. Who's first? I have your team up here first if you want to read it out loud and then um, how many transfers and money in the bank you have. All right, so I don't think I have much money in the bank. Uh, I have Guaita in goal, uh, James, Cancelo, Trippier in, in defense. Then I have Pereira, Madison, Zaha, Salah, and Barnes in midfield. So my midfield five is pretty good. And then I have, so am I reading the right team? Yes, uh, Haaland and Mitrovic in attack, and uh, Haaland is captain. At the moment, I'm benching Trent, but now that Trent is out, I'm going to sell Trent for one of the defenders. And I might bench James instead. That's the plan. But that plan is contingent on Mitrovic being fit. If Mitrovic isn't fit, then I'll have to sell James as well. Or I will have to find the money that I used to downgrade Trent. I could upgrade Greenwood to a Danny Welbeck or somebody like that. So I can have an 11th player and a good player in game week 12 as well. So that's the thinking at the moment. I think I would really, really like just to do Trent to Webster Mm. or even Ben White and leave it. That would be my ideal scenario. But for that, Mitrovic needs to be training. James's injury needs to be really minor. And then we will evaluate with two free transfers between game week 11 and 12. So essentially, if it wasn't Ben White, you, you'd, you, um, you'd recommend Webster as um, a non-Arsenal City defensive option? I have Guehi already. So that's why. Okay. But if somebody okay. wanted to save 0.2, then even Guehi is fine. Okay, um, this is my team. I've got Pope in goal, Trippier, Cancelo, James, um, three at the back. In the midfield, Sun, Madison, Foden, Zaha. Up top, Holland, Mitrovic, Solanke. And then on the bench, I've got Iverson, Iverson, Zuma, Andreas, and Neko Williams. So I could just end up playing Zuma and Andreas instead of James and Mitrovic if both of them are out. Um, you know, walking on... Uh, I guess fire there um, because it's not it's not the best uh, options, but I like the idea of having tw- two transfers for for twelve. Um, I think James is probably going to be a sell, but um, I have Zuma to cover him, so it's it's Mitrovic that I'm I'm very worried about, and um, I'm not really sure what to do with him. I I don't have enough money to really move up, um, and I don't have much options to move down to, so. It's a complicated one, um, and I only have one free transfer. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to do anything, to be honest. I mean, it really yeah. depends on 12. What do you want to, to do in 12? 
I I want to field eleven. I just um, have a weird kind of thing for that. But that eleven so... will include this cheapo defender that you'll get for James. Uh, it'll include Neko Williams. It'll include Zuma versus Liverpool. Andreas Pereira. Yeah, maybe. But uh, maybe uh... you. Can... But I don't mind taking a hit in twelve um, if I have two free transfers and and getting three players makes sense and then helps me move forward. Um, so, so we'll okay. see. I just want to have. I just think it's the best option is to have two transfers for game week twelve because my team isn't too bad for this game week. Um, but the big dilemma yeah. is Son. I'm actually very serious about captaining him, Pros. Um, so we'll see where I get to on on tomorrow, but. There's nothing wrong with it. I yeah. mean, we've we've created so much FOMO around it. I mean, Haaland's playing Liverpool, man. I mean, yeah. fine, Liverpool look weaker, but it is a tough fixture. He's, you know, but and Sun is home to Everton and Whitehart Lane, Spurs are great. So, I don't let what's happened to sort of people in game week nine sort of dictate people shying away from going against the crowd because people have won going against the crowd as well in game week eight when they backed Kane. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Think about it, but uh, yeah, it's you know the risks now. Having seen my example, what were you last week? Were you uh, maybe two hundred k ish? I don't remember. To yeah. be honest, you've shown me my rank. I hadn't even sort of looked because yeah. at the moment, what is it? Twenty five points between a million and hundred k, thirty five points between a million and fifty k, something like that. So it's there's not much in it. So yeah. it's right now it's irrelevant. Uh, as it gets closer, and anyway, it should be relevant because your decision making shouldn't change. You shouldn't get into a mindset of "I'm going to sort of force it because I've now I've not had the best start." You're going to start captaining somebody other than Haaland just so that you can chase. Just let's make the same decision whether yeah. you're rank five or whether you're rank one million at this stage. When it gets to basically last eight five game weeks, then you can sort of start taking more decisions against the. Um, the EV to sort of maybe luck, get lucky on variance and you know make an outcome that is not expected, but at the moment you don't need to do that. Yeah, fully agree with that. Okay, I think we should end it. Yep. All right. Um, no burning questions next week because of the midweek game. So we will be back after game week thirteen. At which point it will be just three weeks to go before the World Cup. So see you then. Yep. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you in uh, two weeks' time.